Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Ram, welcome to the show. We're excited about having you on. Uh, you know, McCarthy, you guys are on the cutting edge, the leading edge, maybe even the bleeding edge of construction technology. And it's exciting to have the person that heads that uh, team up on the show. So welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. I'm super excited to be here and share all the cool things we are doing at the McCarthy Buildings. Uh, happy to be here. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, anytime that we find companies that are on the leading edge uh, of, of construction, that's, you know, that's where we're going, right? For, for years, for, for, you know, thousands, maybe even thousands of years, we have been, uh, construction has been pretty prehistoric, right? We carry, carry really heavy stuff over to places, we bang on it, and then we, we call it construction. And, you know, for most car, people would put up with the inconsistencies, the, the spaces, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe even the time issues that we have. But today, customers are asking us to go faster and faster and faster and costs are coming down and, and prices of equipment and materials are going up. So we're getting squeezed and uh, technology is really the, the key to that. And it's, it really looks like you guys are on that leading edge of doing that. So uh, congratulations for that. Thank you. Uh, I agree, you know, construction, I have been like a worked across the world, be it in Middle East or Southeast Asia, South Asia, Europe, and right now in US. You know, one thing I comment, it's very common is that everywhere the construction is same process, same uh, procedures, nothing changes in terms of, you know, there's a lot of advancement happening in the science and technology, right? Human is on the moon, but we are still doing in the same old ways that has been done for like the last hundred years being one of the largest uh, industry in the world with a 13 trillion dollar sector this is you know and it employs a large percent of humans but there is i guess there's a lot of overlook on this industry in terms of how to innovate how to bring technology you know to provide values to not only our customers but also to the our employees our labor everyone i mean i think technology is right now going to disrupt this industry in a very very fast way it's, I'm it's, super excited. Mm. That's that's the best part, right? I mean, in in that, it's 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 ripe for disruption, right? I mean, for True. for all the other, it, it made sense for the medical to go first, right? Look, we want to save lives, right? It made sense for our financial worlds and our food supply and all of that technology to go there because it makes it we want to save. But today construction contractors were kind of left behind. We were kind of like, well, you know, we, we you know, if, if a building uh, life cycle is, you know, 150 years, construction is the, the few months that it takes to build it. So people would put up with the brain damage and even the risks that were associated with that. I mean, just, it was such a short period of time they had to interact with us. They kind of put up with it, but today that, 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 that's happening a lot faster. And, you know, in, in this in this market where we're really called upon now to take all those technologies that grew the other markets and, and embed those in our, our our market, and I think that's fun to see where where we're growing that. True, true. I agree. Here is a fact: recent, like came across that seventy percent of 
buildings that humans going to occupy in next 30 to 40 years has not even constructed you know that means like there's a lot of construction that's going to happen due to urban migration or due to the kind of a population requirements so the the amount of time we spend on construction is hardly on a project is like a 12 months or to a 1.5 year but it is going to have an impact on not only the people who are living in that building but also the cities where they are located the the whole planet planet you know it's going to have a huge impact for next 100 to 150 years be it like a carbon footprint be it like a energy it going to consume so i think the construction has a huge huge role to play and especially with the technology going to take center role it's going to be a very very game changing industry you know with the uh, with the amount of you know to your point you know having look most of our world isn't built yet right oh. and, and what we're seeing today is just the tip maybe not even the tip i you know i go to places like greece or europe or you know anywhere and you can see where they've got thousands of years of, of development right you know uh, you know i was in athens a, a week ago or two, a couple weeks ago and and they have 4000 plus years of of construction there and you can see across that that urban environment where it's built up now some of it i would say is great cuz you you can, you can see some development but some of it's also a little bit boring right the construction types the buildings some of it uh, you know you know some of the ancient ruins are wonderful right you look at them and go great but you can tell somewhere uh, in the last you know 150 years they have figured out concrete construction and there's a lot of concrete jungle out there i agree i agree and another fact is that the whole concrete jungle is very linear in terms of like we extract the material out from the earth and we just use it and we just grow it and the carbon is the concrete is also one of the largest carbon footprint material in the world and how we are going to change these things as the demand increases how are we going to make our supply chain from more linear you know use and throw to more circular also matters a lot and this is where mccarthy focusing in next few years how we going to get it digitalized our supply chain and procurement how we going to get a real time visibility where our material is and how much carbon footprint it is in not only producing that material but also bringing that material to the field but we don't we don't want to stop there we want to understand what happens when a equipment or material or people enter into a site how we are getting a real time visibility where they are located how they are used everything that's where definitely the future of job sites is going to be very different and we feel like by integrating you know working across different startups or with academia or accelerators or vcs we are going to transform and fundamentally redefine what job site going to look in next 10 years hopefully no i mean i mean it's, it's right i mean the way that we've done things has worked somewhat right but if we look at the amount of you know, I saw a study the other day, nine plus percent of all materials brought to a job site end up in a landfill. I mean, I think if, if we just think about 9% of all materials that we bring to a job site, we end up throwing out. And you think about the amount of waste that is, the the, the material waste, the, 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 the all of that, just that alone right there, uh, you know, finding material sciences that we can do, uh, finding ways that we can prefab materials uh, better in a, in, in, a, in a more efficient way. 
just that alone right there changes the multi-billion dollars worth of landfill that ends up happening because of our industry alone. Just that one line item. True, true. And imagine how much these landfills are impacting the local communities, you know, and imagine how they are actually polluting the ground resources or water resources. So I think the way there's a definitely very broad scope or very big problem we can solve using technology how we can optimize our material consumption and how we can minimize our construction waste uh, we are right now collaborating with a lot of startups in ai that actually helping at least helping us to understand how much waste is actually generated in the construction site and what is the source for it and how we can optimize it I mean, right now, at least this is very early stage, but we are pretty optimistic. These models are going to help us a lo a lo learn a lot about our job sites and our procurement policy in large. Mm. So talk to me a little bit about uh, your uh, construction 4.0. I love, I love that. So talk to me a little bit about that and where that's leading us. So construction 4.4 is, I guess, is a very broad definition with a very, very, large set of technologies but not only limited to technologies it also how we can redefine our processes how we can redefine how can we upskill and how can we can empower our workers and employees to better uh, get a better data to do analysis and you know to understand making better decisions so that includes i mean broadly we are focusing on six strategies in our construction 4.0 one is the uh, artificial intelligence and data analytics, where we want to capture the data that was not even captured, but we also want to harness the data that existing in our database. But we also want to add intelligence or predictive layer on those data, you know, to predict the things that are gonna happen in, be it in safety wise or schedule wise, or, or be it in the cost side, you know, there are different applications we are looking into. That's a one strategy we are focusing, or one focus area we can say in our construction 4.0 strategy. Then there is a digital format, you know, at the end, we believe that the next generation workforce is going to dealing with a very, very broad set of technologies, broad set of, uh, and requires very up skills, you know, uh, we want to transform our workforce into better ready for that kind of job sites. And we have a connected job site, IoT, you know, uh, providing that includes the basics and thing like providing a 5G internet across the job site, even which is still a very, very luxury right now. And having a lot of sensors to collect the data, which we are not even collecting right now. So that actually... Uh, our IoT program actually interconnects the digital twin to a certain extent because at the end, all the data you're collecting during construction will also be helpful after the construction when you provide this digital twin to the owner at the end of the day. And you know, this at the end, this all are interlocked kind of strategies we want to broadly uh, take further, you know, to redefine our construction uh, sites. And then that's our vision of the construction 4.0 at the end of the day. It, you know, it's amazing. So, so sometimes I, th I think people get very myopic about a, op, an, a, a technology or a place, you know, to look at it, the overall, the broad sense of the entire business, right? From the way that uh, we design, the way that we capture information, the way that we communicate the information that we capture about a project, the way that we bid, price, and design, all of those things come into effect 
And I'd like one area where you talked about uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the workflow, right? The, the whole workflow has to change in order for us to accept it. And that's been the problem forever, right? True. One of the biggest problems is that, well, we've always done it that way. Well, I don't want to change, right? I, I, you know, we talk to people every day, and and one of the things we notice about new technologies require us to change the workflow by which we, we, we work, right? We can't just walk into a job site, and expect robots to work, or for total stations to work, or any of this great equipment that's come into place if we don't set the job site up for it in advance. Completely agree. You know, I always says that technology maturity doesn't mean that it's ready to apply or use in the field or in the office, you know, for example, I take the robotics, you know, maybe you can have a mature technology that can be used, but we, before even doing that, we need to redefine our workflows. We need to redefine or rewrite our contracts. We need to understand how risk is going to be taken by different stakeholders if robots are included in the workflow. And we need to understand how the insurance is going to impact it. So there's a larger things that go beyond the understanding the product maturity, you know, uh, we are actually, I mean, sometimes even we don't know what is OSHA stand on safety in terms of using the robots. Okay. That's a gray zone, right? So we are not only, that's why we are not only looking into what's happening in our industry. We also, as our team also looking at what's happening in other industries, you know, how manufacturing is using robots and how they're re using, rewriting their contracts or policies what is the safety policies according to, or we also looking even to the, you know, driverless cars. We feel like that's a one area which going to understand how insurance is going to be rewritten when terms of when you have a driverless car. So our team focuses not only understand what's happening in our industry, we also looking into other industries and trying to get the grasp of the things, how they are embedding these new technologies into their workflows, their projects, and try to replicate those success stories in our company or in our industry. Um, same with the materials, you know, there is a certain set of technologies within the construction technology, which actually pretty success, they success break or failure or success depend upon the regulation, you know. For example, I we can create multiple next generation smart sustainable materials but is the regulatory is the local uh, building codes agree those things you know there is another aspect in it so we are actually looking into you know two ways one is the is the product is ready technology feasible enough but that doesn't define our our implications or our implementation in the site we also need to look the broader uh, whole ecosystem you know whether it has any impact on the regulations, how our subcontractors going to take it, what is impact on our culture, what is how we are going to handle the worker unions in the California or in the central US. So these are all things we look into as our team focus when we are looking into any new tech. Mm. I mean, the, the fun part is it, it's literally all change takes you know, all disruption, it, you know, it's, it, it's disruption, right? To look at the way we've done things. And, and you know, uh, look, I, I have a hard time every time my cell phone gets an update or my Tesla gets an update. That's a little different because I get excited. I run, run down, I'm like, what's the new toy now, right? I can't wait to see what the new toy is. But, you know, you, you right, our, our, all the technology that we have, exactly what you're talking about. There are so many little, you know, it's a great idea. 
but let's make sure that number one, you know, it, how is this going to apply to all the different aspects from the, like, just like, like you said, code requirements or, or labor forces and all of that. I kind of feel like that's the stuff that we have to break through as we, we learn something, right. Or, or we try something on and, you know, bravo to the teams that are in the front edge of that. But, you know, sometimes, you know, to be a pioneer in this business, you know, it's not always popular, right? I mean, you're going to break, sure. you know, I think once you get through it, people look back and go, wow, I was part of that team. I was part of the team that really created something dynamic, right? It was really fun. But while you're in it, it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes you're in the middle of, you're like, oh my God, that, that, that city doesn't like it, or that department doesn't like, it, or that labor force is yelling at us, or these people over here don't get it. It, it, it takes something out of you to be on the leading edge of, 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 of change. True, true. Any successful tech adoption has three things. One is it has a great product. It should have a great process. And But the most important thing is the buying from the people. You know, it's easy to do due diligence, to pilot the stuff, to understand the metrics of success, but to understand barriers, mapping those barriers, getting the buy-in from the people, understand their sensitivities, it's very important. You know, at the end, it actually going to make or break any adoption of technology in any company not or any industry to fact, to certain extent. So we always try to, uh, that's why when we, either our success stories or our failure stories as an emerging tech, you know, and then we are not going to succeed all the time when we are you know focusing on disruptive technologies but we always make sure our team always make sure that be consistent in the message we understand where we failed and we convey to, to our team members or to the, all the leadership and try to understand uh, how we can do it better it's our motto fail better fail fast and fail safe you know nice. that's what we do <laughs> fail better fail safe fail safe right and, and move forward in a way that we're going to learn from what we do. And it, you know, always, it's never bad, right? And now the question becomes how and where do you apply the money, right? Is you, we have to, there's always, you know, kind of uh, all the little options in there, right? There's, there's a cost to technology, right? There's some time to technology. All of those little, little fronts take a little bit to go implement it, right? And, and, and proper implementation, if we can't do that right, the, you know, the technology will go nowhere, right? Or whatever we're working cool. on will go nowhere. And, and that's, that's always been the, 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 uh, the problem is getting the team up and running with the technology properly, right? So they're futile. Cool. You know, I, I look at my life today and if I could use 50% of the technology I have, I could probably run the world on it. But most of the things I have are, you know, are, aren't there and I haven't fully executed them properly. And we haven't uh, learned all the different parts and pieces of it the different softwares our groups use across the country, you know, not realizing it's already included in this software or, or we just have to change our workflow a little bit to make this one work even better, right? So having an implementation officer or a person, I think takes, I mean, like your company's done where you, you got your team to execute on the new technology. I think it takes having that, that foresight to know that we're gonna need someone that's gonna handhold us as we transition into the technology, this this new idea. Yes, especially right now, you know, construction tech, it's a boom, right? I mean, boom. when I started this role, I would speak like five to 10 startups in a week. You know, there are, I would track like a 200. Right now, I speak like 15 startups in a week and it's increasing, keep on increasing. I track, in my database, I have 600 startups plus, you know, there's a lot of noise there outside. 
some are very conceptual kind of ideas some are got little traction some are successful products i bet but sometimes startups just bust because they don't have financial resources to scale it right so my job is to make sure to understand that noise to screen across and to find and scout the best startups that help us to reduce risk for our projects or to increase the productivity or fundamentally sometimes to transform and redefine our business delivery value to the customers or clients you know um, but we don't stop there you know there sometimes it's not only go and look scout the technology we also try to partner with the startups you know we support their mission but help but also leverage as a big contractor in us to actually understand what is the problem they need to solve and what is the solution they need to focus you know we do a lot that we we always feel like we don't want to be end user of technology we want to partner with these startups and we want to build a great products not only for our company but this industry as whole so so you know it, it's it's kind of funny you know you guys being mccarthy and, and the giant that you are and where you are with being able to do this what about the small companies right the, the little guys that are out there uh you know they've got five ten you know superintendents they're a smaller outfit and they're trying to look at all right where can i start to apply technology as you go through this where, where, what's your recommendations you know if you were to guide those smaller people that are just just tiptoeing in right i mean because there's a cost associated with it and and you know remember a, a lot of these guys are and, and, and female ladies are are having a hard time knowing that they need to go do this like well can i just make it to here to retirement without doing any of this technology and there's a lot of those folks right there's a lot of those people that are holding back and going i don't i don't want to do it but the people that know they want to be around for a while know that they need to transition and start doing this what's what's your recommendation where where do you tell them this is a great spot to start applying uh, technology i agree right i mean you know if you look into retail uh maybe one or two big companies like walmart or costco actually captures like have a 70% of market share but if you look into gender like a whole construction even when we say like in a top 100 or 400 together we hardly have a like a market share of 20% right 80% of market share is actually holded by the small and medium general contractors and those are the people who actually not only need for technology they actually gonna one who we need to support if we want to take this industry further right so where we want to start i mean obviously then you need to understand there is 10% of industry very advanced you know we right now we are talking about the robotics artificial intelligence but there is a other industry within like subcontractors or small and medium general contractors who even still need to digitalize who need to use the building information models for the projects you know those are the fundamental i mean those are the foundations you need to lay right if you don't start with the bim or vdc models you cannot think about the digital twin that's in this stage you can even not think about if you don't digitalize your drawings or your uh, change orders or your rfis you cannot even think about using predictive analytics to understand how you can successfully bid no those are the i think we need to focus on the foundations we need to help them uh, there are multi- we uh, mccarthy actually collaborate with construction industry institute 
uh, AGC, Associate General Contractors, ABC, Associated Builders, to help and transform and document our success stories, uh, our pilots, and help them to understand which are the technologies they can bet. You know, we are doing our job, but we can do better, obviously. But I think the starting point should be having great foundations before you want to go advance in tech. Be just digitalize your workflows. Just have a basic VDC model for your job sites. You know, uh, provide enough skills for your uh, foreman. You know, get him an email ID. Get him an iPad. These are the things that in, in short term may look very, very uh, upfront cost, but actually these are the things that are going to help your com company in a lot in the long run. Too dramatic. Like, like if every superintendent isn't yes. electronically hooked up right now, you're a dinosaur. Here, 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 you're listening to this right now and all your supers do not have iPads. I've Technology that they're working with on in handheld equipment. There's you know, dinosaurs. Now, now there's companies that are going to even further advance, right? Where, cool. right? Uh, technology you can wear, right? right? They're, they're getting even, even further, but just starting with basic uh, electronics, like things like, you know, your, your cell phone and an iPad on a, on a job site. I agree. I mean, the phone in my hand has a better computing power than the NASA user to send people to the moon. You know, you can do a lot of things with this mobile. Providing this kind of fundamental thing is going to, actually transform a lot all the job sites across the world be it small or big projects mm. now you know you know for 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 forever i was i begged you know i can remember years and years and years of begging people to have laptops on, on job sites and you know you know for most of my career it was it was kind of tough you know you're like getting super tennis they'll never you don't know they they get jobs done they they can't be messing around with electronic stuff and you know job sites too unsafe with it now, if I walked out to a job site right now and took everybody's laptop, they'd all revolt, right? You know, and, and getting even smarter and smarter, you know, being able to, you know, uh, uh, look at uh, all the components along the way and, and see where we have these inefficiencies. You know, I, I talk to developers every day and, you know, they often ask me, why, why am I always preaching about Revit or, or these models, these, these, these Revit type models? to build their buildings. They're like, you know, look, my architect's going to charge me for it, more for it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they are. Cause they're going to have to go through there and actually build the building with all the components that it took to build the building in that Revit model. But going Oof. forward forever, you're now going to have a digital twin of what you're building electronically. And you know, what you don't understand is where the world's going from here, right? Where that's going from here is those clients that come want to move in need that digital plan they're going to need to be able to go to from the digital plan to design in a much shorter period of time i agree it, it actually going to help them in a lot and to give going through another perspective there's a battle going right construction industry is fighting with other industries for the labor there is a very, very, very small labor pool and it's actually shrinking every year. And how going to, going to attract the Generation Z, which actually it's having mobile phone or iPad in their hand is like a bread and butter for them. Right. How are going to attract millennials into your job site if you say that, hey, you shouldn't use your phone. You shouldn't stay away from your computer. It doesn't work like that. You know, if you want to attract next generation workforce, if you want to 
I mean, there's a labor shortage already, and it's going to increase a lot, a lot. If you want to attract the next generation talent, if you want to make sure that someone going to the blue collar jobs, which is going to be foundation for this economy, we need to see the technology in a very positive way. We need to marry with the technology to be certain extent. Uh, I feel like. Well, I mean, I mean, for all those parents that yelled at their kids about being on their phones all the time, <laughs> you know, now those are the ones who are advanced. I was just talking to my team. I was, I was looking at them going, you know, you know, the, the, the bottleneck in the world are guys my age, right? I mean, we've been doing it this way forever. Now with this new workforce is coming into play, they've got new ways of seeing it. Now they're, they're organizing and getting the focus on that. Look, that's where we can still support them. And that's really where the effort is, is embracing the new technologies that come on. Now, uh, you know, I, I just recently bought an, an Oculus, right? I, I just went on, you know, my, my, I had bought one, uh, you know, a year ago for one of my nephews and I, he just loved it. He, every time I go down there, he's, you know, got all this cool stuff that he's doing. He's traveling to Rome or he goes up in the mountains and he's got these video games he's inside of. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I like the travel part of it. I love all that. And now the question is, how do I start to apply that to a construction site, right? How do I start taking AR and VR and start to really look at, you know, collaboration in a way like we've never done before, you know, and we've had folks on here that uh, I'll share that. Where are you guys using AR and VR for your collaboration work? We are fundamentally exploring, I mean, I think from long time we are exploring what are the business cases of AR, VR in, in, for our company, uh, not only in the field, but also in the office. I mean, for one thing, we are right now just using for the collaboration, design coordination to certain extent to even the business development with our clients. But the biggest uh, place where AR we are going to play a key role we feel like is that knowledge transfer you know we have a, a chunk of experience for man who is going to retire in the next five to ten years and we have a large large chunk of inexperienced construction workers which we need to skill them if you want to get them promoted to four months if they we want to run our job sites and how that going to happen i mean if in a traditional way this is a trade you learn with the experience, with the time, right? But we don't have that much time as an industry or as a company, right? I think the ARVR is going to play a key role to simulate those scenarios or situations and help us to skill, uh, not only to knowledge transfer from the foreman to our uh, inexpensive workforce and help them to upskill, uh, you know, to run our job sites. This is where we really want to focus how to create the training courses, how to create the safety courses, how to create the uh, equipment courses, running the equipment, you know, those kind of scenarios and real-time scenarios, not just like a, just a game, you know, real-time dynamic scenarios. And it really helps to train our workforce, we believe. And that's why we are putting our focus and energy in terms of AR and VR. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's amazing to watch uh, how, uh, you, you know, AR and VR are all great uh, technologies and it, all the places that are growing it, right? Right now, cool. I think AR and VR are in the spot where Apple was when it first invented the phone, right? The phone was, it did, you know, when, when, when Apple for, first came out, I was a little shocked, right? It was like, 
it didn't do my, my the phone I had before that did a bunch of other things, right? But it didn't have a great camera. It didn't have uh, my music. I had all these other devices and Apple said, you know what? We're going to do just these 10 things, whatever they were. They were, you know, the, the, the phone, uh, the, the music, the pictures, you know, it, it had uh, texting and email. It said, look, we're going to do these 10 items. And then the app store opened up. Right. And all the people, look, we, I remember I, I ran out and I, I made an app, right? I made this thing called Punchless Wiz. And it's this great wow. app, right? Where you can do a punch list and you can, and it's great for our people and, and our technology, you know, for our company. We all, all, all our, our uh, people around the country, world uh, use, around the country use uh, that Punchless Wiz to do punch lists. It's a, it's a great little tool. And, um, but that's, I think that that's what's happening now, right? Cool. As, as, uh, as companies like, uh, you know, that are out there creating these total stations and these new lens, HoloLens technologies, the total stations that are getting created help put the digital world, you know, take the physical world and line it up with the digital world, right? So now the two of them are married up. Now I can take the technology, right? So now, so now I know where I am on the plan and I know where I am in the field at the same time. Right, I, I can I can know exactly how those two line up, and now the technologies that are coming down the pipeline, not just from a, a collaboration for where people can work together, but I mean that, that's that's an easy one. Right? That's an easy one to see an architect being able to log into a job site live, not not just by camera, which we do now. We've got all this camera technology on site, but now to the human that's actually doing the work, right? And 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 communicate that much faster and you can see how the interaction between those two that party becomes a lot clearer a lot easier to communicate true true i mean even one thing the covid actually proved is that you need not to be everywhere physically to succeed not even in the job sites not even the office so we definitely, especially when we are talking with our California clients, they are actually looking more, they're pushing, they're really pushing hard on AR, VR stuff, you know, for the collaboration and coordination. Uh, there's another thing, it's not only limited to AR, VR. We always advise all the entrepreneurs, all the startup founders that it's not the most engineered product or most developed with a lot of futures that succeed in the job site is the most simple product you know you need to always keep your end user in the mind start with the basic value show that it works you can always add futures later you know keep it simple keep it crisp keep it clean that's the way you know way you can actually get in buying from your clients or your customers key don't always try to understand when you're building a product that don't build the product keeping an engineer in the mind keep the that's a that general contractor somewhere in like a you know minnesota with five four men or five workers with a very simple project keep those people in the mind those are the if you able to build a product that actually like by even the smallest general contractors then i think your product will be greatly successful so so i think you know things that are easy to implement right getting or superintendent on the technology right your your field people and your office people using the same reporting and communication tools right i i, I we work really hard on taking it from the time that our business development people start with a project 
right? From where they where they find a client uh, and we capture all the information about that client there from the time that our estimating team starts to generate and, and get, capture information about the project we're going to bid on, right? And capturing all the data they've collected, all of the survey work, all the testing work, all the stuff that they've done, taking all of that data, right? Because in the past, we would get all that data we would put together an estimate, go out to bid and the market, get it to the bidders. And then we would we would not hand that off to the operations team. An operations team would start all over again, collecting all the data, and they would build the project and build the project and build the project. And then we'd hand it off to the customer and we'd save all the data, but we'd never give it to them. And then they would spend the next 20 years figuring out the building and operating the building and operating the building. And you know, that that information never transferred. Today you know, you can really see a future where blockchain technology lives with a building, right? From the time that uh, you start ground, you know, uh, site surveying all the way through the turnover and even the operational information about it, you'll be able to go somewhere in the building and, and pull a QSR code and get all the data about every product that was used, how long it took to build it, the time frame it was, the weather it, it was when it was built, all the technology, all the information we'll need to be able to generate you know, long-term information about a building and see how we might improve it as we go forward, right? All that, all that learning. That exactly, McCarthy and Vision, that's what we want to do. That's what our future statement is going to be. You know, it's critical to break that data silos, right? To integrate, to streamline, to data flow from different life cycles of projects between the different stakeholders, not only within the general contractor, but with the subcontractors, with the vendors, with the facility management team, with the architect, you know, going that kind of whole circular kind of a concept with the data, it's very critical. I guess that really helps to avoid a lot of rework we do, a lot of mistakes we do during the bidding to get accurate schedules. Uh, I we are, we are actually, collaborating or partnering with uh, at least three or four startups, you know, in the predictive analytics space to actually harness our data. I mean, we did a brilliant job as a company in last few years to build the foundations, to break those silos, to have a data warehouse where we push all our data. Right now, we are actually super excited to go further in using our data warehouse and our data you know, very structured data to build the models that actually gives a very, very in great insights, not only to us, but also to our clients, to our subcontractors. That's what we really want to do in next five to 10 years. No, it's, it's great. You know, having that data resource, right? Having, you know, I tell people today, collect all the data that you can. You don't know, you don't know where the data is going to take you, right? collect everything and collect all of it. And sometimes the people in, in the office, you know, say to me, well, well, what do we need this for? Why, why do we do it? I'm like, look, you don't understand today. You can't tell where this is going yet, but today the data that we collect later on is this is going to be really impactful. You know, you can't see it from where you stand right now, but very shortly, all that data that we've collected will become an algorithm that we can look at and really hone in on some, some learning that will affect our abilities to perform in the future. Yeah, data is new gold. Either we agree or disagree. That's going to be totally disrupt the industry. Actually, a lot of startups even monetizing the data. You know, we uh, they are going further. If they are looking data, they are trying to bring the data. You know, buy the data from the different people 
which is anonymized data, which is very non-personal, non-confidential kind of data to build the models. That's a lot, I mean, lots happening at least. Uh, but again, there is also need to be caution. Uh, though there is a lot of emphasis on the data uh, and building the models and going AI, but we also need to emphasis on the getting that data transparency, getting the AI transparency, getting the understanding of what is the privacy requirements. There's some little rules and regulations that to be in place to avoid those kind of scenarios with startups or with the clients in future if data is misused. Now, you know, having data transparency for sure is going to be, you know, here, what are you doing with the data that you're collecting? You know, uh, is Big Brother watching? You know, uh, we put cameras on a job site, you know, 20 years ago. I, every single day, I, I, the first job site we put them on was a, a project in, in Manhattan, right? It was this big $5 million restaurant we were building. And we put cameras on the job site and, you know, it, it sent us a picture every seven minutes, right? It was this one, it, would, it was a dial-up camera. It would dial a phone line and it would just shoot you a picture and it would send you an email every seven minutes with a, with a, with a, with a picture of the job site. And every single day, every day, they cut the phone line and they sometimes they cut it a couple of times and, and people are like, whoa, 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 why are you watching me? They, they you know, as if we're going to watch you, we're, we're going to see you taking a coffee break and we're going to be like, oh my God, you're lazy, right? You, you know, that somewhere there's this mentality that all these amazing buildings, the people who built them did nothing but slave labor all day long. They never took breaks. They were never allowed to st stop and breathe. They, they never had a down day. Today, I think we're re recognizing that, look, this business is a tough one. Construction is tough. And yeah, it, it, it's not perfect every single day. And I, I wish I could be perfect, but I, I can't, right? I'm, I'm human. There's a part of me that's, that's, that's human. And until robotics get in and they can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even they won't be perfect, right? It'll take a while for, for that to advance. Uh, but, you know, having technology or gathering data about what we're doing sometimes feels like you're going to find out that I'm flawed and that, I don't want anybody to ever find out I'm flawed. I, I don't want you to know. I don't, I don't want you to know that I pick my nose and I don't want you to know that I fart. I'm sorry. I've got some flaws as a human and it's, it's and there's other flaws I have, but, and people feel like when you collect my data, you're going to find out I do this. And the truth is our business is, is really one of hardworking people that have worked very hard uh, to create these amazing cities that we have, these amazing towns that we have, these big, beautiful buildings that are out there. They're, they're, they're hardworking people to do it. And yeah, uh, so you might catch me having a, a coffee break or you might find me having a bad day. And uh, some of the data, it's okay to, to put that out there as well. True, true. I mean, never deploy any new technology unless you sensitize and get a buy-in in the field or job site. You know, we... They, we need to respect the, all the hard work done by our workforce. It's not an easy job. These guys wake up at 5 a.m. and work till the evenings, you know, and it's very, very, very unsafe sometimes. I mean, obviously, we put all the safety, but then still the whole construction is a little risky job, right? Risky stuff. Uh, what as a team or as a company, as industry, we should able to do a better job to convey the message to the show the success stories 
to show the examples how the technology actually making their lives better i think we some way lack that thing or at least there is a little message that goes beyond the echo chambers of few tech people few innovation people uh, what's technology actually making their better lives how many times we go to a job site and talk to the workforce over the technology all most of the times we all end up in a summit or conferences where all you see is that like minded people right at the end of the day <laughs> so so here, we're going to run out of time but before i do i i got to know all right what do you think what's your biggest bets that are coming out what where do you see where, where do you see the future going and what are you guys making the bets on? What's McCarthy? Uh, where, where are you guys making bets on right now? And where, where do you see us going uh, with technology? We are betting a lot on the predictive, be it in predictive application, the scheduling or safety or uh, pre-construction or operations. We are also betting a lot on the, in the long run, mid to long run, we are betting a lot on the field automation. Uh, where we, we envision like humans and robots work side by side and collaborate to make next generation of buildings. Uh, we also betting a lot and actually understanding our clients better to redefine what exactly digital twin should be in near term. That's a where big three technology, if you ask me where McCarthy is betting right now. Mm. Nice. I, you know, uh, we, I, I see that. Uh... As, as some great, you know, you're exactly right. I, I, I do believe that we will have AI and robotics all working side by side with humans. It's going to take a little bit to figure out how we, how we move forward, right? And how do we get those, those you know, all, all that technology to work together? And, you know, there will be some ebbs and tides to that, to that development. You know, we'll, we'll go forward. We'll take 10 steps forward. We might take five steps back and we'll take another, you know, four steps forward. We might take another three steps back. And, you know, as we go through, but now more than ever, it's it's never been a better time to be in the construction world, right? This I, is the most innovative time construction has ever seen. The things that I see every single day on this podcast blow me away. Like I, I get, get get me up every day excited about doing another another interview with another great group like yourself, and all the breakthroughs that you guys are doing, the places that you're you're changing, safety, uh, the world, uh, you know, uh, conservation all the things that are really changing uh, to make this world a better spot. It's exciting. It's exciting to be here. Super exciting. That actually motivates me every day when I wake up and go to office, you know, I am making job force more safer. I'm making our clients, I'm creating more value to our clients. You know, these are the motivation that makes me to be the tip of the spear to uh, push that new technologies to collaborate with the startups to create new technologies for the industry and larger good. I'm definitely saying this is the most exciting time to be in this industry right now. Mm -hmm. Great. I, 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 I bravo to you and McCarthy for all the work that you guys are doing. You know, if, 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 if people want to get, get a hold of you and what's the best place for them to find you and get a hold of you? Uh, you can always find me in LinkedIn. I'm uh, easily respond within a day uh, i'm happy to provide my email id uh, you can always reach out to me you know at the end we all are like collaborators then the competitors when it comes to technology mm. well i know there's a lot of startup companies that watch the show and and listen to the show so uh look forward to getting some of those folks to uh uh knock on your door and have mccarthy try out their new products you know great job today and uh, i'm great you know anytime you guys want to come on the show I'm grateful to get the time with you guys. I, I know uh, you're, you're busy and you got a lot going on and uh, 
all the new stuff you're doing. So anytime you want to come on, I'm happy to have you on the show again and uh, really excited about it. So thanks, thanks for, uh, for being on. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for inviting me. I'm more than happy to share all the more interesting things we are doing at McCarthy at any time. Mm. Great. And audience, if you guys like the show, like always, just take a second right now, right now, just take a second and like and subscribe for me. It just makes the world a difference uh, to all of us, all the producers, all the people in the background that put this show together. And we're grateful for you, our audience, and for listening. Uh, thanks for being on today. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monategi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.